This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. More than 920,000 people in the U.S. have died of COVID-19 since the start of the pandemic, leaving thousands of children without a parent and thousands of spouses suddenly alone. Now, one of the obstacles so-called COVID widows face is securing survivor benefits. The system can be difficult to navigate, and the continued closure of Social Security offices has made that process even more complicated. So joining us now to discuss this and more is Chabeli Karazana, economy reporter for the 19th. That's an independent nonprofit newsroom that covers gender, politics, and policy. Chabeli, welcome back to Reset. Thanks so much. Tell us more about what COVID-19 widows are going through during the pandemic. Yeah, it's been a really difficult time for these folks because, you know, they are navigating a system that for a lot of them, they've never had to interact with. You know, we have a lot of younger widows. Um, The majority of folks who have passed due to COVID have been men. So we have a larger group of women who are now trying to access these benefits at the same time that they're, you know, still managing their grief. And so because it has become so much harder to access Social Security benefits, especially survivors' benefits, you can't apply online, you can't go in person, and so you're at the mercy of a phone call, essentially. And so you have these women who are calling and calling and calling and calling for weeks and months at a time to try to get the benefit either for themselves or for their children. And make it clear for us, how important is it, Shabali, for them to receive their Social Security survivor benefits? I mean, for some people, this is what they are relying on. I spoke to one mother, uh, Rondell Gulick, who has nine children. She's a stay-at-home mom. Her husband passed away due to COVID-19. He was 45. And so she is relying on these benefits for her children. The average benefit for a child through a survivor's benefit is about $1,000. Mm-hmm. And she has nine kids, so that's, they're going to cap her a little. She's not going to get $9,000, but it's still a significant amount of money. And she is also entitled to some benefits as well because she's not working. And so for some people, I mean, this is really what's going to hold them over. She has family helping her and some donations, but that's going to run out at some point. Mm-hmm. And this is really what she is relying on at this point, but she just cannot get through to them. Yeah, after your story was published, she immediately got that call mm-hmm. from Social Security. Are more people getting quicker responses from the department now, Chabeli? I only know of the folks that we included in our story. We heard back from some of the moms that we talked to, and they told us that they had received a call directly from Social Security after their names were in the story, and their cases are hopefully on, on the way to getting resolved quickly. But we still know that you know only about half of phone calls are getting answered at Social Security offices right now. They are still on track to open at the end of March, early April. And so we know that there's probably many, many people who are still in this sort of limbo of trying to call, waiting. And then some people are just not doing it, which is, I think, the concern longer term is they are just waiting for the time when these offices will reopen. And then we're going to have this huge spike in demand when that happens. What was it that made you want to take a closer look at this issue? Yeah, you know, we had read about uh, Social Security challenges that people were facing. And at the 19th, we really think about disparities that affect people because of gender. And survivor's benefits is one area of that where 92 to 96 percent of those who are accessing these benefits historically, not just pandemic, 
are women. And the reason for that is long sort of systemic issues, right? Women have lower lifetime earnings, so they are more likely to seek out these benefits, you know, in heterosexual couples if their if their husband has passed away. So we knew that there was a gender disparity there. And, you know, to be clear, a lot of groups are struggling with, with Social Security right now, not just widows. But we thought it was important to, you know, shed a light on this group in particular because they have this sort of second layer that they are also dealing with, which is, you know, just the grief of the pandemic, the difficulty of this moment where it feels like everything has gotten harder to do. And like I said, for some of these people, this benefit is critical to their livelihoods, to their futures. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are discussing the toll that COVID-19 has taken on families, uh, looking at the challenges that so-called COVID widows face in the weeks and the months after their spouse has died. Our guest is Chabeli Carazana, economy reporter for the 19th. This is a topic that we're going to dig into more on Reset in the coming days, and we'll hear from COVID widows themselves. So if you have a story that you would like to share with us, please leave us a message at 888-915-9945. That's 888-915-9945. Chabeli, as you talk about the process here for these widows, how much do people know about the system? What did you find about that? Well, I think a lot of people that we talk to don't know a lot about the system. And in fact, they are even talking to attorneys to try to help them, you know, navigate this problem right now, which this is not the type of thing that you would necessarily need an attorney for in a regular year, right? In a regular year, you would get your marriage certificate, death certificate, and go to your local office, set up an appointment, and then just go one day and get that done. And it would be done. It would not take weeks and months just to get a phone call back. And so, even attorneys who are dealing with this now, they are at a loss because fundamentally it's an access problem where they just cannot connect with anyone to help people through their cases. And that's really where um, where the challenge is. And then there's a, a couple other layers, right? If you can't go in person and your uh, English isn't your first language, you don't have access to a computer, you don't have access to a phone to be able to work through the application, there's a lot of barriers there for people who haven't interacted with the system and aren't familiar with it. And doing it over the phone is really hard. That's why people, some people prefer to be in-person help, right? Uh, Taking that out has just really, really exacerbated this problem. How are their benefits impacted when they have children? So when you have a child, your child is entitled to basically a benefit that is not contingent upon the mother's pay, right? So if you're a mother who's really low income or you're not working at all, you're going to get some survivor's benefits if you are under the age of 60. But if you are working, typically you're probably not going to get any benefit. However, your children are not affected by that. So you're always going to be able to get a benefit for your kids, no matter what your age is and no matter what your work status is. And that's really what is key for a lot of these parents is they're really just trying to get a benefit for their child who's owed this survivor's benefit. Well, you talked earlier about Social Security offices not beginning to reopen until about March or April, right? Mm. So what is that going to mean, not just for COVID widows, but other people waiting for their benefits? Yeah, that's going to be really interesting to see how that's going to play out. Because like I said, we are expecting there's going to be a pretty significant pent-up demand when these offices reopen. Those wait times 
people have been experiencing over the phone, those are going to be happening in lobbies now at Social Security offices. And Social Security as an agency has struggled with staffing for many years because it has had has received lower funding. I think it's received like 13, something like 13 percent less funding uh, in the past decade when you adjust for inflation. So they just don't have the money to staff these these places. And so now we are seeing the sort of repercussions of those decisions, and we are going to definitely see them when they open back in person because. Like I said, I think there's a lot of people who just didn't apply because they couldn't get through. Yeah. And they're going to try to go now in person and, and see if they can. Well, anything else come to mind as far as how else the department can make sure that folks receive their benefits on time and get the help they need? You know, I think the department is very aware of these issues. And certainly, you know, when our story went up, they immediately tried to call the people in our story to try to help them. And so there is definitely an awareness there. I think it's just an issue of planning. Um, And they've received some backlash over the past two years for not reopening sooner, for not figuring out a plan. I had one mom who said, you know, my nail lady can figure out how to put a plexiglass between me and her and you know I could still go in person but our government has not been able to do that in some areas and so it's all about what plan they're going to put in place and I know that they're working on that and thinking about that critically because they are expecting the same the same demand to happen and they've tried to do a couple of things in the pandemic to help folks um, set up drop boxes and some very limited emergency appointments so they're aware you know it's just a question of how they're going to be able to manage it when the time comes and can they plan for it. Right. Well, that is Chabelli Carazana with the 19th. Chabelli, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And a reminder, in the coming days, we are going to dig into this issue more and we're going to hear from COVID-19 widows themselves. But if you have a story that you also want to share with us, leave us a message at 888-915-9945. That's 888-915-9945. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.